Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Jolie and Davey podcast. We are so excited to have Lorinda Van Newkirk as our guest today. Lorinda is a mother, a wife, a friend, and a businesswoman. Business is just in her blood. She actually started her first business at the age of eight. Your first business was at the age of eight. So you always had the entrepreneurship in your blood. So what did you start at eight years old? My parents and my uncle had a little rodeo arena and they had team pinnings and team sortings and some bull riding. So I ran the snack bar and my sisters were my best customer. My uncle and I did several loans throughout my whole growing up, but we always did it on a legal pad and I would write out the contract on the yellow legal pad and he would give me whatever amount of money, but he took me to Smart and Final. It's a California thing. They're like mini Costco's. But he took me to Smart and Final, and I bought all my candy, and he taught me how to mark things up, and I kept track of everything. And then on that same legal pad, I'd make a payment back to him with the $100. And, like, I borrowed money for a leather jacket. And as I got older, like, he'd give me money for big trailers and whatever I needed. I'd go to him, and he'd be my banker. If we all had an uncle like that, how awesome that would be. Yes. And so from that business, Lorna, tell us the trajectory trajectory of how you went from there. So yeah, I had the snack bar. And then when we used to go to big team sortings, cuttings and things in California, when bandanas with the speed beads, I made those and had a pegboard, sold those and keychains, just anything I thought people maybe wanted to buy, I would do that. Then had a tack trailer in college because I didn't want to have a real job. Like I worked twice as much. I mean, a real job would have been so much easier, (laughs) but started my own tech trailer in college and sold that business. With that business, I had started a jewelry line. And when I sold the tech trailer, I kept the jewelry part of the business and put it in day spas up and down the coast of California. So every two weeks I would go switch out the jewelry, collect my money. And then while I was there, I would do like a little jewelry party and bring extra stuff. So I'd try to plan the days of when they would tell me their best customers were going to be in to get their hair washed or whatever at those day spas. When I met Joel and moved to Texas, I sold that business, tried to recreate that here, which it didn't work. Started working with Tuskies when they wanted to start the clothing store and was the buyer for them. And in the midst of that is when Gypsy Soul was created. That took on for the next 13 years with my business partner, Amy Morehouse, which turned into a mega brand. It was super fun and stressful. <laughs> More than just a mega brand. Now we have social media, we have influencers, but y'all did all that without. Yes. Gypsy Soul basically started in an armoire of my bedroom. I would put my kids to bed and Joel to bed. I made a rollout desk in my armoire of my bedroom with my computer and sit there at two o'clock in the morning invoicing people. When we finally built the guest house, I moved it down there, but built that business small, starting right there and growing from nothing. What did you go to college for? I was always going to be a lawyer. Then I figured out I didn't want to read that much. And I wasn't a very good speller. (laughs) Anybody that follows me on social media knows that. But anyways, uh, I was going to be a lawyer. And then I was like, oh, no. And then I thought I was going to be a chiropractor and got it into chiropractic school. And I thought about broadcasting and realized since I'm not a good reader and I can't pronounce people's names really good. So then I really realized I'm good at numbers. Anything I could tie to money, it was immediate in my brain. And I knew I'm great at relationships and that equals sales. So that's when I figured out I needed to be where I'm at today. 
<laughs> Let's back up a little bit. You mentioned Gypsy Soul, and we, I want to go back there. You said in the, in your armor, what were you doing? How did that get started? How did that even become a vision in your brain? I was at a roping and saw a girl with a pair of flip-flops on with some cowhide and some studs on it. I always felt like the gift that I have in our industry is I understand mainstream business and I understand Western business and I know how to marry those together. You see it all the time with the influencers. They take something high fashion, put the Western spin on it or vice versa, you know, either way. And a lot of people don't understand that translation. They end up with something hokey or something that just doesn't work. I saw that and I thought I could do that better. So I found a saddle guy in Denton, Texas that could put the studs on for me and everything and went and bought out all the flip-flops from all the Payless shoe stores in DFW area. And that's how it started, and they were hideous. Y'all started with the flip-flops, and then the jewelry that you had had previously came on later on? When I started, I was by myself, just me doing the flip-flops, and the girls were babies. I was driving to Denton with them and the carriers, selling what I could. How it it got any momentum was um, Michael Tusky had his huge booth at the Sands. There was a 20-by-20 spot that... He was not going to use. And he's like, do you want it? And I said, yeah, I would love to do it. So I did the booth and I took flip-flops there and tied them together with raffia in a little wicker basket in my booth with all my other crazy stuff. I had track sweats with crystals down the side. I had Longhorn Texas jerseys that were dresses, just all kinds of crazy fun stuff. But I took these flip-flops. They were for $59.99 and $69.99 and sold out. And most of the people that bought them at NFR had stores. So I didn't hear from them right away, but they called back later and they were like, can we get a few pair for our stores? And I was like, okay, sure. The first year, I don't even think I sold $12,000 worth of stuff. Then the next year, I sold $30,000. The next year, I don't know if it was like 50 or 100, somewhere in there. Then I did like (laughs) $900,000. Next year, I started the business on a $20,000 no interest credit card. So every time I would get an order or sell shoes, I would just make line marks. I'd pay that much on the credit card and then order more shoes. I was going to make sure I always had enough money on that credit card. And I just kept using that no interest for as long as I could. At what point did Amy come on? So I knew I wanted the brand to be more facets than just the shoes. I didn't want all my eggs in one basket. So Amy and I had met her in 1996 and she was running Smith Brothers and they needed extra help. So I went, me and Amy's relationship was always built around working together. We were friends. She's known my husband longer than me. We don't have to discuss. We just look at each other. We just have that special thing and it's undescribable. I I was kind of just talking to her about stuff and I was like, hey, would you want to do this with me? Let's do jewelry and t-shirts. She's so gifted at jewelry. It's amazing the things she can make. We came up with a price. She bought into the company, and I made her a 50-50 partner, and she started designing jewelry and dealing with all of China and that world and correcting all my grammar on my important email. We took off from there. The shoes then sold from anywhere from $300 to $500 to $1,500, and that's what made it so special because everybody wanted a pair, but everybody couldn't get a pair. They could afford a T-shirt or a piece of jewelry. They could have a piece of that lifestyle, that feel of that gypsy soul lifestyle. That's what took off. As the company grew and China knocked us off more, we had tons of competitors, which I am a huge 
person for competition. Are you so mad that all these other ladies are making flip-flops copying you? I'm like, no, because they keep justifying why I charge what I charge. We were the Neiman Marcus, the Nordstrom's of the flip-flops. They wish they could be, and they always wanted to be cheaper to think they were going to get more sales. And honestly, it helped us justify what we charged. Competition makes you better. I think it was such a, a beautiful relationship that you and Amy have. And for those of you who don't know, Amy Morehouse is, like you said, extremely talented. Amy is so creative, but so are you. And just marrying that together mm-hmm. with the business minds that you each bring to the table. And it's so special. Like we just did a photo shoot last week. Truly, it's such a gift to have a friend like that. People are always like, how did you have a business with your best friend? And I'm like, Amy's not my best friend. We're business partners. And we've even been to counseling together. We were not in sync at one part of the business. And I'm like, let's just go to counseling and get some stuff on the table. We went one time, (laughs) but it was, we were married. We had to make that business work. And we both had the motto of failure is not an option. We have to succeed. I can remember when we got our first big Cavender's orders and we only got in their A store. I think the order was for $175,000. I went to the bank and said, I need a loan to buy. This is the order I got from Cavender's. It's legit. The banker basically was like, oh, we're not going to loan you the money. You girls might stub your toe. First of all, don't call me you girls. We're not children. It was like they thought we were playing with jewelry. So all the struggles we went through with that. Failure was never an option. And is that your personality? Have you always been that way? And when I say that way, like, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to be in your face. You're going to blind my flip-flops. You're going to do the thing. Like, you work, you get it done. Did did someone influence that? Or that just the way you were born? That's just a, a gift that you were given that you take advantage of? I think with my consulting business, I helped so many people. And... I do think it's something sometimes you're born with. There is a fire in you. But I do think even if you're not born with it, you can morph yourself into that. You can train yourself. You can become whatever you want to be, depending on how bad you want it. I grew up with a dad that I remember we were at the ranch up on the Central Coast, and he got an Uzi, a gun. And all my cousins were there and their friends. And my dad was like, this is a boy gun. Girls can't shoot it. And he didn't let me shoot that gun. Like, he would say stuff to me like that. I look back in the moment. I'm like, I hate you. I'm a girl and I can do that. He was putting this fire in me. And nobody tells my girls that today. And I tell him, if you ever tell my children that, I will spank you, Dad. (laughs) This is a man's world. And if you're going to own a business and you're going to be a part of it, you better get tough, real tough. Some people may think that my dad was cruel and should have been kinder. And we've had conversations and he says, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Or maybe I shouldn't have put you on a tractor going down a main highway at six and told you just drive. You do the best you can. We're parents. We're doing the best we can. He definitely put that fire in me that don't quit. If this is what you want to do, you got to follow it to the end. And it's just what I'm doing now. Some days nobody wants to buy any socks. Some days everybody wants to buy socks. Gypsy Soul was epic. And now you've moved on. Yes. And you're involved in several things. Let's go into what you're up to now. When 2020, so that's COVID, yeah. October, after Gypsy Soul ended, I have several different websites, brand names. I'm always thinking of things. And then I just shelf them. In 2016, I came up with the name Lucky Chuck. I just always feel like people want to feel lucky. People want to know luck's on their side. And the name Chuck, it's both my grandfathers. They were both Chucks. My daughter is Charlie. I don't know why. I just liked it. 
I thought it was cool. And luckycheck.com was not taken. (laughs) I mean, you just start researching. I tell everybody when they call me with a name, they're like, this is the name I'm going to name my business. I'm like, did you look on Instagram? Oh, no, there's like 12 of them. I'm like, yeah, so maybe that's not a good name for you. Anyways, so that was 2016, shelved it. And then I was like, I really want it to be a sock company because I'm a huge sock snob. I hate crappy socks. I love great socks. And then I love socks that have cool patterns or quotes and things like that on them. But normally when they're a cool pattern or have a quote, they're those cheap, flat, printed, gross, weird socks. I reached out to my old manufacturers that Amy and I used in China, reached out to a couple of other ones, and they wanted to tell me how I wanted my socks made. And that's not how we're going to do that. I'm going to tell you how I want my socks made. (laughs) So I couldn't get the manufacturing right. So I shelved it again. And then through some other business mutual friends, I met up with Bighorn and they're in Sheridan, Wyoming. This is great if you guys are wanting to start a t-shirt company or anything like this. I use this for a lot. I help a lot of my other clients with them. Um, PJ owns Bighorn Designs up there in Sheridan, Wyoming. He will design, print, warehouse, ship, do customer service for you. When I met them, I was like, since I don't have to warehouse this stuff, keep it and ship it, because with this business, I don't want to have a bunch of employees. I want to do things differently because Gypsy Soul had a whole production line and I had 20 some employees. I want to do this a little different. Not that that was wrong or right. I just want to do this different. So in 2020, we did a bunch of designs. I got with a, a couple artists that I wanted to work with and we launched. So we've just been selling the T-shirts and the hats And then uh, last April, I finally found the right sock manufacturer partner. I told him what I wanted, and he's like, we already do that. I was like, awesome. (laughs) This will be easy. (laughs) This will be great. It's just, it's crazy how God makes everything in timing come together. So this November, we launched the socks, and it's been awesome. The other night, one of my friends, I didn't even know she had a pair of my Lucky Chuck socks. She must have bought them at Tuskies or something. She won like $1,500 at the barrel race and she had her socks on. (laughs) I went to a wedding this weekend and you had to take a charter bus to the wedding. The lady sitting in the seats next to us, she's like, you're Lorinda from Lucky Chuck, right? And I'm like, yes. She goes, I have my Lucky Chucks on right now. (laughs) That's what I want. I want people to be excited about what they put on. And that's with Gypsy Soul. People were excited about their flip flops. Same with the socks. Everybody has a pair of lucky socks. Why do you have to just have one pair? We should have said this in the beginning, but we didn't. I had never met you before. I have the Turquoise Haven showroom. A couple of months before, we were like, I want somebody else in the showroom. I was like, I need like a sock person. Remember me telling you that? Then months later, you were like, hey, I have this friend and she has socks. I'm like, that is so weird. That all came together. Lorinda is now in the Turquoise Haven showroom, and that's where she sells her lucky chuck socks we get to see her in action all the time if the showroom is slow I'm gonna go make some things happen and she just leaves the showroom and then here in a couple of hours you'll have Lorinda and this crowd of people just follow her back in so she's a great asset to have in the showroom if we want to lead into that you do coaching on the side and the the Airbnb all of us we want different income streams I never want all my eggs in one basket my husband and I have a landscape firm that we started together in 2003. His business is amazing. I just really do the book work and reconcile bank accounts and 
throw in an idea here and there. What I love about his business, which is not at all like our business, is we don't do any advertising. It's strictly word of mouth. His clients are amazing. They just call and say, come fix my yard. Then, of course, retail and wholesale business that you're fighting for every dollar and come buy my stuff and posting every day. Just It's a beating sometimes. My whole family has always been in real estate. It's a natural thing. And so we've bought a couple rental houses and we just purchased two acres on the Brazos River. Probably not saying it the Texas way. We've just redid it and it's totally consumed my life. So if you follow me on Lucky Chuck and you've noticed that I haven't been posting as much or sending out as many e-blasts, it's because I've been living at the river house, decorating, cleaning, and meeting the contractors. I think it's so cool learning from past experiences, not to put your eggs all in one basket and Mm -hmm. to really diversify your income. I admire you because you really have put that into action. I have known Lorinda for a while. Every time she would be on a podcast, every time she would be interviewed, I would literally butt in, pick her brain. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And ask her because she is most definitely good at a lot of things, but I would say, number one, she's really good at networking and connecting people with the right people. Tell us a little bit about that, how your brain works with connecting people and the benefits of if you're in this business with relationships and how you really support community over competition. I mean, you and I both sell T-shirts, but there is no jealousy there. We just work together and play off of each other's stuff. And I think that's so cool. I think we should talk about that because that's not common in this world. No. If you're taking care of your customers and doing your job, there's enough business for everybody at the end of the day. I don't know if that's something that I was born with, but it's really important to me to build a relationship. When I used to have to train girls on the sales floor, stop selling. Make a relationship. Find out what their dog's name is. Actually be able to have a conversation with somebody. Brenda Fambro was amazing. A genius. That's been the biggest thing, me being in the showroom by myself. I had Brenda Fambro for over 10 years. (laughs) And women would walk in and Brenda would be like, Lorinda, that's the lady that her dog is pink. She could rattle off how many husbands they had or whatever it was. (laughs) I would be like, I'm with you. I got it. I couldn't remember everything. And she was around them so much more. It's important. People don't want to feel like you're just a number. I don't want my customers to feel like that. I actually want to sell to them something they want, need, or that's going to help their business grow. Relationships are so important in everything in your life. The biggest way I've really seen how important my relationships are with people are how it's affecting my kids today. My oldest daughter, Charlie's at OSU. She's sports media major. I never told her that I wanted to be a broadcaster. She never knew any of that till after she went and started doing it. I said, you know, your mom's major at Fresno State. That's what I wanted to be. But I literally don't read good enough. All the relationships I've made, the people that are blowing doors open for my daughter. I'm seeing it. It's starting to happen with Jaylee and how things I've done for them or they've done. It's so important to build that community and actually care about the people that are in your life. On the other hand, you have to be real about who you pour into. Yes. (laughs) And if they're not pouring back, just (laughs) hold them at that arm's distance. (laughs) The Western industry is a small industry. Some way, form, or another, you're going to share accounts. It's been so great since I started the sock company. I've been basically out of the game for seven years, and I was so naive and thinking, I'm Lorinda from Gypsy Soul. 
I'm going to call up my best accounts and I'm going to tell them, you're going to buy my socks. You're going to buy a $2,000 display. <laughs> they won't even call me back. <laughs> it's yes. worse than barrel racing. <laughs> it is so humbling that it, you get a pity order. Oh, we'll take one of each. What are you going to do with one of each? Wear them yourself? That's not selling them. It's been so great to be able to call up all my rep friends or just whoever. And I literally tell them, I need your help. And they're finding out exactly who the Boot Barn sock buyer is. They're finding out who at Bucky's. They're finding out, just say, help me. And these people that you've built this community with, they're helping you. Or the other thing that's happened to me, being gone for seven years, this happened in our showroom. Davey introduced me to this young influencer, rocking and rolling girl. And Davey's like, she's Stone Gypsy Soul. She was like, oh, that's great. Like she was 12 then or whatever age she was. It's like high school, that four-year gap. Once you reach over four years, it's a whole new world. And seven years is a lifetime for some of those girls. They were so young. They don't have any clue Oh, those were those shoes my grandma was wearing. It's been humbling. But the community I've built from all those years, that's just like with you. We've worked together on a few things. And then you calling me and me just randomly saying, I've been trying to get in a showroom at Dallas. I keep telling myself that God doesn't want you there. And I don't like to listen to God. I want to run through the brick wall and take care of it myself like I'm a bull. If I just settle down and would have not worried about it, I ended up in the best place I could have ended up. Now I have Callie from Weston Co. She's taking them to the big stores for me. No, they're not probably going to buy for a year, but it's okay. It's happening. You're building that Mm -hmm. brand. But I think that's one good thing about our showroom is the customers that come in there. Of course, we all bounce customers back and forth. They come in and we know that they just had a baby or they just had to bury their grandma. It's customers that have been with us for Ever. It's just a community that come in there, sit down, and they chat and just um, enjoy the time. They just like to come in there because it's just peaceful. Peaceful. Room. Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. No. No dramas. I also wanted to touch on the fact, Lorinda, you do such a good job on this. And I think it would be so helpful for everybody. Let's face it. The times that we're in are tough. And especially the last few months, probably for at least the next year, might be a little tough. And I think you do such a great job of... Um, helping everyone and promoting everyone, for instance. So you use Jody. You and her teamed up together. She owns French Scarves. Mm-hmm. And now the socks and the scarves yes. go together. And I think that was such an amazing concept. Something that now we're sending people up to Jody when they ask yep. where, where the scarves are from and your socks. I just think that that was a beautiful merriment and you're helping each other. Mm-hmm. Recently, you did a photo shoot. You used my T-shirts, Davies clothing and jewelry and your socks. And I did a photo shoot and returned the favor. Yeah. I think that is something that people need to look at right now and really use that to your advantage. Touch on that and how to do that, how somebody could do that. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is finding people that you mesh well together. You know, I have a ton of girls always reaching out like on Instagram and they're wanting to do giveaways or this or that. At first, I used to say yes to everybody. Now I'm kind of like, okay, who, it's not that one's wrong or right, but I want things to make sense. I just don't want to be like a little sticker on their post. I want it to be right. So I think that you should be vigilant and direct about what you want for your brand. I feel like it makes total sense for us to work together. Even Amy's like, you're doing Jolie's t-shirts? You have t-shirts. I was like, 
yeah, but her T-shirts sell like 50 times better than mine. So <laughs> that means it's good for all of us. I'm not a T-shirt brand. I don't want to be a T-shirt brand. If anybody needs to buy T-shirts at a great price on closeout, I will hook you up. <laughs> I need to move some of those T-shirts and just have a few. Then Jolie's going to make T-shirts for me. Uh, anyone can call me for help anytime. I give way more of my services away than I charge. It's probably bad business, but it is what it is. I'm really good at connecting people. If I can't do it for you, I will find you someone that can help you. I always tell people, where do you want to be in your budget? That's going to direct me to who you're going to get sent to because I have different people at different price points with different levels of knowledge. You get what you pay for. I'm self-taught on everything because I just do it. I was helping Leanne Hart with her podcast and we found a system that worked. I know enough to be dangerous to get us up and going Then I tell people, okay, you are really on your way. Go pay someone like you guys doing this in a studio. I told you to do it on your phones on Anchor. This is fantastic. That's what I love when I help people that I give them direction and then they just take it. It took us a while. It was so hard for us to try to figure out, okay, are we going to post about our family life? You have to really narrow it down when you're starting over. You're like, we got to get it down to one, two, three and make sure we stay with that niche and evolve that brand. Or people are like, what are they even doing? A bunch of crazy girls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which they might still think that. That's okay. Right. Coming to the end of our time, and there's still so much to cover, we may definitely have you back. A couple of questions we want to end with. We asked the last podcast guest, what she would ask the next guest. Her one question was, why do you do what you do? You wake up in the morning. Why do you choose this? Because I love it. I get to pick what I want to do every day. I can't imagine having a nine to five. That's not my style. I love connecting with people, building brands, seeing things grow. The excitement in you guys is so fulfilling for me. It's amazing to see that you're doing it. It may not end up where you thought you were going to go, but you're going somewhere. You're definitely going to help people out there. Me posting my Bible quotes, it's the randomest people that go, that quote you posted the other day, I really needed to hear that. I always think, you know, oh, there's Lorena posting her Bible stuff. I think it doesn't matter. That one person, you don't know where they were that day. There was just that one you know, little thing. I have this great friend, Tammy Rokas. I tell her all the time, God put you in my life for key moments. I remember Joel and I were having some issues and I'm running my mouth, complaining, (laughs) being stupid in all calmness. She just looked at me and said, when you go to bed, you pray over that man. You quit complaining and you pray. You pray over your man. It just stopped me in my tracks When I want to be irritated at Joel, I go back to it every time. I have 10 stories like that of Tammy Rokas. You guys need to have her on. It's like God just spoke right through her. Like, Lorinda, shut your mouth. That's so awesome. Move to your fast five, and they're just five questions that you're just going to answer really quickly and just one word answers. Favorite book? The School of Greatness. School of Greatness. Yes, I love that book because he breaks things down in it so well. It's stuff we all already know, but it gives you grace on things and it really helps you line out your day. I go back to that book so much. I have lots. I have a Amazon list with all the books that I read and love. I put on my list. If I read them and I don't like them, then I don't add them to this list. They're in my bookcase, highlighted, marked. If you ever came and saw my books, you'd be like, that book is a great book to get you motivated and started. If you've read it, 
Go back to it again if you're stuck. If you're just in this weird, funky place, it's a great book to get you just hopping. Favorite podcast? I do have a lot of different podcasts. Probably the one I go to the most, his name is Andy Stanley. It's a motivational business preacher. I do love um, Pastor Bill at the Met Church in Keller. He is my preacher who married Joel and I almost 21 years ago. His podcast is fantastic. I've been to so many churches and I just go back to Keller. But his podcast is great too. The most influential person in your life? Of course, my parents. I can't say one way or the other. Both my parents have just been my rock. Whether it's marriage stuff, business, um, or my mom just saying, it's okay. Go take a shower. Go to bed. Tomorrow will be better. What is one way of showing up for yourself every day? Taking care of yourself. Whatever that is, whether it's working out, a nap, if you need just strolling through Target, whatever that thing is, for me, my biggest guilty pleasure is probably those horses and that living quarters horse trailer sitting out there. Every day I walk by it and I think, do you really need that? Yes, I do. Because I am I need a bathroom when I get to the race and I don't want to sweat if it's that hot. I want to go in there. <laughs> Whatever that is and where you're at financially in your life, you've got to find a little something to pour into yourself. I have a great friend that she's coming here right now. Her daughter's made the American and she is probably one of the most giving people I know. I've got to go find her a gift or something on the way home because she does everything for her family and nothing for herself. I could hear it in her voice. I'm like, you're at one of the most exciting things. You're going to be so wrung out because you are not pouring into yourself ever. (laughs) As we wrap up, Lorinda, tell us all of the places where we can find you, where our listeners can go to shop the best socks ever. Yes, the most lucky socks ever. That's luckychuck.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. I'm terrible at. But you're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm on every social media. I'm even posting again on Twitter. And and it's all Lucky Chuck? Yeah, uh, Lucky Chuck or Low Van Newkirk. Either way, you can find me. Or just put in Lorinda Van Newkirk. I'll come up somewhere. So awesome. We can't thank you enough for coming on our podcast, Lorinda. You have, as I knew, you would give us so much knowledge. I think excitement for someone that is maybe starting a business or is in business mm-hmm. and different ways to think of things. We definitely did not cover everything. So we will probably have you back. Thank you for taking time out of your really busy schedule to spend it with us. We just can't thank you enough. I'm honored to be here because you guys are doing it. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for being that one person in our lives that you don't just sometimes nudge us, but you're like, Pushing us. We need that. I know I need that. Thank you for that. You're a very real friend. You don't just fluff. I think that that is so important for everybody to have somebody in your life like that. Encourages, but yet pushes you past the point of what you think you're capable of. Thanks. Thanks for having me. One of the quotes that I love from Lorinda that I captured was, you can't force other people to grow, change, or hustle, but you can inspire them too. I love that quote by Lorinda, and everybody needs to take that to heart.